You're listening to the Bearded Theologians podcast, hosted by Zach Bechtold and Matt Franks. If you'd like to learn more about the Bearded Theologians, you can go online at beardedtheologians.com, where we have past podcasts, blogs, and a couple items for sale. So check us out, beardedtheologians.com. Thank you for listening, and enjoy this week's show. You're listening to the Bearded Theologians podcast, hosted by Matt Franks. Exactly. So uh, this week on the podcast, uh, we wanted to talk about third places. And if that's not something you're familiarized uh, in the life of the church, uh, maybe your pastor hasn't talked about what are your third places or, you know, where do you uh, do life um, in your third space? Um, It's the concept of, and and Zach, correct me if I'm wrong here, because I tend to butcher this idea. It's, uh, It's home, work, and then the other space. That's the third place. And uh, it used to be back in the day, or at least ideally back in the day, I'm not sure how correct that is, that church was the third place and then had fourth and fifth places. Um, obviously, with uh, the state of the church and the, just the way things are, church is no longer the third place to be. Um, and so we want to talk about that and how the church can make an impact in those third places to not necessarily be a third place, but maybe to be... Uh, a space, a uh, place to hold space for third places. And so Zach, you know, as you think about being in the third place, what does that mean for you? Yeah, no, I, I think you're exactly right. I mean, you, you didn't butcher that at, at all. Um, you know, we look at the golden days of the church, right? Uh, or what people assume are the golden days of the church. And they often reflect upon um, having families and being in the building constantly, you know, five, six, seven days a week and this thing's going on. And, and that, that reflects back to a point in culture and time where um, churches were neighborhood churches and they were in community with the neighborhood around them uh, and, and became that third space for uh, families and people to be. And as culture has shifted, we, we see that change and we see the church backing out of that space. Uh, well, we see people backing out of that space and then uh, as a result, the church backs out of it. <clears throat> and like you met, I'm, I'm interested in reclaiming the third space, um, not to take it away from other people, but just to be a space for, for people. And, and for me, um, I find my third space in uh, breweries and, and coffee shops, and I think they are beginning, and a lot of communities are beginning to fill that third space for a lot of people, because uh, you can, in a lot of places, not Wyoming, uh, you can bring your kids, um, they're family-friendly atmospheres, but they're also doing pint nights where they're offering um, donations to charities, right? They have live music. Uh, they have painting, they have events that are bringing people in and giving them space just to be, right? That's not involved with work, that's not involved with the home life, but um, I have really seen a shift in the last, I don't know, uh, probably five, six years of breweries taking that space and being the community centers like the church used to be uh, to their neighborhoods. And, um, and that, you know, it doesn't matter where you find your third space. It's just finding it and being present in that. Um, and I like the idea of fourth and fifth space too, right? How does how, how do all of these spaces work together uh, to bring kind of a wholeness and fullness to our, our day-to-day lives and give us respite um, and community? 
And so that's that's what I look for in third space, just a place I can be, can be me, right? Yeah, and I think that, like, you know, um, churches built themselves to be third places. Absolutely. There's pluses and minuses to that. As someone who's in a church right now or getting ready to leave a church right now that has more third space than it has what to do with, um, how can we invite organizations and things to come in and utilize our third space? Um, I think one of the biggest things that we did wrong as being a third place was our sanctuaries are not built to be multifunctioning sanctuaries to where we could host larger and big events for our communities. And I say that, you realize I'm in my fifth appointment and in my fifth appointment, I've had two sanctuaries that I could justify using and modifying for third space activities for the community to use. I'm a traditionalist when it comes to worship. I love the pomp and circumstance of things, but I also realize that the church's buildings should be multifunctional, multiple uses. And if it's not open every day of the week, you are not being the church the way it really should be. Um, and if you say you don't have the space, I've been in situations where we say we don't have the space and, um, then maybe it's not about saying we don't have the space so we're not going to have the people. It's equipping your people that when they realize they're in the third space, how do you practice your faith in the third space? Um, and I think we, I mean, you could do a three-week sermon series. Here's how you practice your faith at home. Here's how you practice your, here's how you can practice your faith in your workplace. And here's how you can practice your faith um, in your third place. And um you know, I think it'd be a great sermon series for those of you who are looking for some kind of sermon series in August or, you know, um, be a great way to kick off the school year. Um, because I think what gets lost is we have forgotten how to um, equip people to go out into the world. And we live in that expectation of them coming to us. And that's not how the church was designed. Like, Jesus very rarely sat in one central location and people came to him. He was always on the move. Um, and yes, I know, understand the differences in the cultural things on all that, but I also, I just want us to remember that Jesus didn't build a physical building. Right. And that's not how the early church was set up, but that's how we've set up church, right? Uh, we've built our buildings in such a way where they're not, they're focused on people coming to us, right? And so we have these large buildings and large spaces that are often in the middle of neighborhoods and communities that we're not looking at as a neighborhood center, right? We're looking at it, well, how do we get people on Sunday, right? Not as a third space of how do we utilize our, our resources, our gifts and graces to offer something to the, to the community and the people around us that's vital, that may or may not be on Sunday, right? And I, you're absolutely right. We, we're almost in, unflexible in a lot of ways and limited by that space, but we're also unflexible and limited in our thinking of, oh, well, you know, we have a big sanctuary, but it's a sanctuary, and so we can't host this group in there. Why not? Right? But I think that's the question we got to start asking ourselves is, why isn't the neighborhood, why isn't the community using our space? Have we not made it available or have we made it so hard? 
and so meticulous to even come through the door that they don't even right um and i and i think you're right having our building should be open and used by more than just church people uh i that's a huge piece of discipleship and ministry and connection in our communities and we're not going to get back to the idea of the church being the third space in our neighborhoods and our communities without that if it's solely a focus on sunday and yes, when you invite those groups in, they're going to tear things up. But when you do ministry in the life of your church, things are going to get torn up too. And if you're if you're buying things never to tear it up, then why are you buy, Why are you spending the money on it? I mean, I'm just going to be. I'm if, if there's one thing that frustrates me more than anything is, well, they're going to break this. Well, why didn't? Why are we buying it? Why are we investing money into it? Only to use maybe one or two times a week, or one or two times a year. You know, like understand that that stuff's going to break, and that we have to. Um, you know, we have to understand that that's okay. That's part of using it. Um, yes, the ceiling tiles are going to get knocked out of the walls by the basketballs. It's just going to happen. Um, and so kids are going to spill stuff on the carpet. They're going to sit in the chairs. They're going to do the things, right? Kids yeah. or older adults. Both. <laughs> Both. That that's one of my favorite things. Um, in a previous church I served, they had a uh, parlor that they had redone and dropped thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars on and when i asked them is everybody welcome in this space they're like oh yeah yeah sure i was like you want to know what your youth said when i asked them that question they said no uh and it was clear that this was an adult space not to be torn up there were plastic on the chairs you know it looked like your grandma's house and they very very much were told out loud they weren't welcome in there but by the physical presence of the room, it was clear they weren't welcome in that space. And our buildings say a lot uh, of things like that to our community uh, and our church people, right? And so uh, how our building talks and what it says offers a whole lot of reflection for, I think, this conversation and how we, how we go about creating that space. We're not creating it, right? So, um... I think that's a you know good conversation to think about uh, and to talk about in your uh, in your teams, your ministry teams, or your board structures. However, you're structured to do ministry, um, to have that conversation is how are we creating our space to be a, a vital third space for our community? And look at your community and ask yourself: Are you reaching the community? If not, what can you do? Like, does your does your community know that your space is usable? Do you want your space to be usable? I mean, I know there's some that that will say no, we don't want our space to be usable, and you know and there is nothing wrong with that, but understand that there are consequences. Like if you choose that path, there are consequences to it. And so then you have no right to say that the community doesn't know us because you're closing your doors. And, and I'll, I'll use a great, great thing. The way I feel about there's a certain church in our community here. Actually, there's three churches in our community here that have uh, locking up of their parking lot. Nothing tells me more about your theology and who you are than the fact that you put a lock on your parking lot and places, two out of the three churches are in good locations that where that additional parking would be beneficial for the community. Nothing says we don't want you around more than those sort of visible signs. And I know that, yes, like I know I, you know, was it was at churches in downtown Denver last week and yes, there are locks on their doors visible to see. And, and that's, you know, there's some reasoning behind that. Like I 
get that side of things. But understand that those things also have consequences too. And we have to be aware of what we put outside says about our, uh, about who, about how people view you and be aware of that. Absolutely. Um, it's a good place to land on, on what is our building? What is our stuff? What are we as people saying to, to the community? Um, if you want to, I think if you want to know more, um, I've led some, some asset mapping uh, workshops, uh, have some resources and things like that. If you would like to know more, let us, let us know. Put us up on social media. Um, we'd love to talk to you about, uh, about all of us and uh, share what we know. And I'll be honest with you, by the time that the, this one airs, because we pre-recorded this one, I will not be in the central time zone anymore. Uh, uh, we'll actually be able to share third places together, despite how yes. our wives feel about that. Um, it may mean we me moving into a third, a first place together, but <laughs> uh, we will make it work. Uh, That's right. So yeah, just if you got questions or you you know, got ideas or, you know, want to bounce something off of us before you take it to your board and get ridiculed, uh, feel free yes. to reach out to us um, at thebeardedtheologians.com where we've got all of our great content and um, supplies and all that fun stuff. And um, and so for the Bearded Theologians, I'm Matt Franks. All right, Zach Bechtel. Thanks for checking us out. I want you to subscribe and like this video and put that thumbs, push that thumbs up. Thank you for listening to the Bearded Theologians podcast. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share on all social media outlets. You can check out old episodes and more information at beardedtheologians.com. Thanks for checking us out.